I'm going to ask a very simple question to you. After you listen to this soundbite, can you figure this out? I, I can't figure this out. All right. I don't want to be mean, but here's a guy who's in our house, as I told you. Joe Biden's in all of our homes because we're all paying more for everything. All right. Roll the tape. Many people remain unsettled about the economy, and we all know why. They see higher prices. They go to the store online, or they can't, or they go to the store or go online, and they can't find what they always want and when they want it. And we're tracking these issues and trying to figure out how to tackle them head on. <laughs> You're tracking them? What does that mean? Trying to figure out head on? I mean, this is just. We've been dealing with inflation now ever since you got into office, Mr. President. And the first thing you did was you attacked the fossil fuel industry, which ignited gasoline prices, and then everything else went up off that. And, and you're monitoring it, you're tracking it, and then trying to figure out how to tackle them head on. Well, how long is that going to take? You know, we have the highest inflation in 30 years. So this is, yeah, I'm, I'm looking there and I go, does this guy have any idea that he, he's basically saying to the American people, we don't know what to do. We don't have any answers. Even after 10 months of watching the graph of price inflation going up, 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 up. We don't know what to do. We have, we can't, we don't even have a, well, we'll try this. We don't have that. All we have is build back better. Spend trillions of dollars. You're going to spend trillions of dollars, you're going to have more inflation. Everybody knows that. Well, not everybody. Joe Biden doesn't know that. So, you know, look, we went through four years of Donald Trump where every day there was a uh, controversy du jour, I called it, many times sparked by the president himself. But we didn't have a competency issue. So inflation was under control. Supply lines were under control. Economy was going up, benefiting everybody. Wages going up. There wasn't an efficiency issue. And people got lost because it was all of this, you know. And I keep telling um, Mr. Trump, not telling him, you know, that sounds arrogant. But when we're discussing the country, you know, I said, you, your administration is very efficient, even though everybody's getting fired every two minutes. That was all personal. But the guys like Larry Kudlow, uh, Mulvaney, people like that, I mean, they ran the government pretty well. But not now. I mean, it's all over. And um, it makes me worried. It makes me worried. Um, so Maine is one of my favorite states. Why? Because it's beautiful. And I love the ocean, and you can't swim in the ocean unless you have a wetsuit, but beautiful in Maine. All right? It's, it's just very bucolic. Again, Arlington Cemetery, you should visit, you should visit Maine. So, but if you're going to visit Maine between November 1st and May 1st, you got to bring a sweater, a lot of sweaters. It's cold. Now, Mainers are told by uh, their own Public Utilities Commission that their power rate, that means heat your house, going up 60 to 80 percent. 
People in Maine don't have a lot of money, generally speaking. These are working folks. All right. There is not there's not big citadel. All right. Portland is the biggest city. It's a nice city. There's affluence from Boston there. But Mainers are basically working people. 60 to 80 percent. I mean, and there's Biden. Well, you know, we're trying to meet this head on. He doesn't care. And when you have a man or a woman in power, it simply doesn't care. Now, Trump cared, but it was a lot of it was because he wanted to be a good president, to go down in history as a great president. And I'm not saying he wasn't altruistic on some level, because I know he was. I, I know the guy for a while. He doesn't show that side of him, but it's there. But Biden is like, he just doesn't care. Now, will he care when he gets thumped a year from now in the midterms? I don't even think he'll care then. I think he knows he's a one-termer, and it's bye-bye. So that's where we are. This disappointed me. Austin, Texas. Now, it's an outlier. It's a most liberal place in Texas. The big cities in Texas, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, they all have very strong liberal cores. But Austin is way, way liberal. So they were supposed to have a uh, Veterans Day parade. They canceled it. Quote, it was canceled because the city required organizers to verify all participants and spectators to either have a current negative COVID test or be vaxxed for the outdoor parade. It's impossible. Can't verify. And they estimated the crowd to be 25,000. Couldn't do it. So they didn't want the parade. Now it's outside. So people wanted to wear masks or distance. They could. And there's no big COVID surge. In Texas, I mean, two-week tracker, deaths down 48 in Texas, cases down 28, hospitals 29. It's a surge. They could have had this parade. But the Austin people didn't want the parade because most of the people participating in the parade are not liberal people. Very, very disappointing. California, we all know the situation out there. It's never going to come back. So the largest state in the union, fourth largest economy in the world, is never coming back to traditional America. So Governor Newsom, who has unlimited power now that he won the recall, he has uh, extended the state of emergency for COVID for the third time. What does that mean? It means he can do whatever he wants. So March 31st is the next deadline, 2022. Um, He has emergency powers. Do whatever he wants. He wants to tell you you got to stand on your head. uh, He can do it. Okay, so that's California. Now, Florida, that doesn't have any of this, has 50% fewer cases per capita than California. So you tell me what's going on. No, totalitarian life. The, most of the voters in California, the folks, most, okay, have surrendered their autonomy. You said, look, let Sacramento run the show. We don't care. Just give us 
stuff. Now, in the Central Valley, in Northern California, most of the people are not like that. But in San Francisco and L.A., overwhelmingly are. And those cities are so much more populated that that's why California's never covered that. So no, no personal autonomy in California anymore. Austria. I've been there a couple of times, more than a couple of times. I've been there about five, six times. Beautiful stuff. So it's run by uh, the Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg. So Alexander, and this is the Teutonic mindset, I call it. Alexander says, look, we have 65% vaxxed in Austria. Austria is a tiny country. They're thinking about 4 million people. All right. But those who are not vaccinated now are locked down. So if you're in a chalet somewhere in the Alps, you can't go to a restaurant, a theater, a ski lift. You can't go. All right. Hairdressers, nail salon, barber shop. Well, I say hairdresser. You can't go. You're locked out. And the Austrian police will arrest you. So uh, basically, the Chancellor Schellenberg is saying, look, you know, we have a problem getting people vaxxed, 35% or not. And if you're not going to get vaxxed, you can't do anything. That's what's going on in Austria. Ten states in America are suing the Biden administration. Biden administration's lawyers, they must be exhausted with all the lawsuits um, because of the vaccine mandate for health care workers. OK, so the suit is led by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, all involved in this. And they basically say they are uh, calling this health care worker mandate to be vaxxed unconstitutional. And there it is. All this stuff is going to wind its way to the Supreme Court. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. I met with Donald Trump. Um, I've known him for 30 years. I think my interviews with him are the best ever. You can Google all of them if you'd like. But I think tonight will demonstrate that. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. So we begin with Joe Biden. Roll it. You know, President Biden must really love you. He's doing you such a huge favor by being in so much trouble. And the country's collapsing. And then the polls show 
that people are almost having voter regret. Did you ever hear that phrase? Voter regret. Well, I think they might have regret, but I think they voted for me at a level that nobody's ever received before as a sitting president. 75 million votes and 12 million more than we got last time. So I'm not sure they have regret. I think we got No, no, they regret voting for Biden. No, no, I understand what you're saying, Bill, but uh, I'm just saying we got a tremendous vote. And the administration of Joe Biden has been a disaster. You don't think he's doing it on purpose to help you out? Oh, oh sure. I'm sure he's doing it on purpose now. <laughs> okay. I think they can't help themselves. So let's look ahead. Let's look ahead. That's what everybody wants to know now. If you decide to run for president again, you'll be in Grover Cleveland territory. You know that. I do. The only president who is elected to non-consecutive terms. So a lot of people are asking me, and I got tons of mail on this. Will President Trump change his style a bit if he runs again to be less confrontational to try to win over independent voters? Will you do that? Well, let me just tell you before I give you that answer, uh, I had no choice but to be aggressive and confrontational because I was hit with many phony deals from Russia, 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 impeachment, you know, hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, uh, so many Ukraine, Ukraine. We were hit with so many different things. The Mueller investigation, which turned out to be no collusion, uh, that you had to be confrontational and you had to move fast. And on top of that, I ran a country and we rebuilt the military and we did the biggest tax cuts and regulation cuts and all of the things we did. So I'd like to have a little bit more peaceful uh, presidency from the standpoint that the radical left went after me like they've never gone after a okay, person. But you know that when you were in the primary up against your Republicans who wanted to be president, it was Lion Ted, it was Sweaty Marco, it was Boring Jeb. I mean, you really went in and battered these guys. Would you do it again if you're primaried? Would you do it that way? I think it depends on who I'm running against. I mean, I have no idea who it would be. But it was Paul Ryan. Well, that would be. You're going to go after him. You're going to. No, if it was Paul Ryan, I'd attack him very hard. I thought he's. I think he's terrible. Have you thought? I, I think about he's a though? terrible person for the Republican Party and for the country. But no, it depends on who I'd be running against. So, have you thought about? You're the 45th president with a pretty good record in office. I, I, I think a very good record. Okay, in but office, even actually. even your detractors, the people who despise you, yeah, all right, they can't criticize a record-breaking economy, can they? Yeah, the best we've ever had. Okay. So does it occur to you that maybe I run on my record rather than I run on Donald Trump settling scores? Well, I think uh, I wouldn't be doing anything to settle scores. I just want to have our country back. Our country is lost right now. We suffered, in my opinion, the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country with Afghanistan. That withdrawal was shocking. It was a surrender. It wasn't even a withdrawal. That was a total surrender without a bullet being fired. And you look at 13 dead warriors. And by the way, many wounded, nobody, and I'm talking about seriously wounded, legs and arms. Uh, and you look at $85 billion worth of equipment left behind. There's no reason. Why would you leave it behind? All right, let's get into that. So Biden blamed you and said, uh, you made a bad deal with the Taliban and that he inherited it and there's nothing he could do. I don't think many people buy that. Nobody believes okay. it. Look, look, okay, I made a look, great look, deal specific. to get out. So we you, didn't have a soldier killed, Bill, in 18 months. Not a soldier killed in 18 months. Right. They and respected us. You told the Taliban, look, you don't mess with us. 
right. and then we'll try to get a coalition government. But you didn't have the Kabul government in on those talks. It was you yeah. and the Taliban. That's right. By not having Kabul government in on the talks, did you emasculate them? They, there was no government. I was never a believer in Ghani. I thought he was a crook. And I said it five years ago, before I was even in politics, I said it. Uh, he was going to, I made the statement a long time ago, he will be out the door as soon as we leave. And eventually right. so you had no leave. confidence in the Kabul government. I had no confidence in him, and I had no confidence in the, the government, and I had no confidence in the army who we were paying. We were paying their military people among the highest salaries in the world. Right. That's why they did it. Right. They didn't do it because they wanted something to do great for their nation. They did it because we were paying them six billion dollars. Yeah, they were mercenaries. Now, if you had been reelected, would the Taliban have taken that country over? Uh, the Taliban would probably, i tell you what I would have done. It would have been very interesting. I, th I had a great plan. Uh, we would have had some control. You don't want full control. We would have had some control. We would have kept Bagram for China, much more so than for Afghanistan, because, you know, it's right next to China. Right. And very near their nuclear, where they do their nuclear development. That's not a bad place. And right now, from what I hear, China is going to take over Bagram. It cost us $10 billion to build it years ago. They're going to tell longest runways in the country, in the world, actually 20,000 foot runways. It cost us a fortune. China is right now. All right, but how would you have prevented the Taliban from taking over? Well, listen, we had to get out. It was 21 years. All right. It was ridiculous. To prevent uh, them from taking we, over. I think I would have tried to hold the country uh, in good uh, I don't think Ghani could have done it. I was totally against him from the beginning. Okay, and he left out. with his cash. It's you and the Taliban. And somebody has to look into right. that. I would say that I would have tried to keep this coalition of people together, but I don't think it would have worked. Somebody would have taken over because we had to get out, but they wouldn't have killed our soldiers. They wouldn't have kept our equipment. It would have been a much smoother been a much, exit. Yeah. I always said that that whole thing will collapse as soon as we leave. We were holding it together. Yes. So I think I would love to have given it a little bit of a shot. But once we're gone, I always said, and I said this years ago, it was going to collapse. Okay. So whether it's Taliban or not, now, Taliban would have been a much weaker force than it is right now. Right now, they have our equipment. They have, now they're asking for $10 billion worth of, $10 billion worth of money yeah, from yeah, the yeah. United States. And they're going to get it. I don't know. Biden's on the skids. Wouldn't you say so? He, he, he's... His poll numbers are way down. Nothing's working. And now inflation's at 5.4%. You spent, your administration spent a lot of money because you had to rebuild this and you had to do that and all well, that. Well, just to say, just to say, we had to rebuild the military. Okay, that's We had right. an obsolete We military. know what you spent it on. How did you keep inflation under control for four years when he's been in for nine months and it's up 5.4%? Well, What's the difference? Okay, one of the big things I did was become energy independent. And we had very low energy costs. And if you're going to have high energy costs, everything else follows energy. Okay, so it was him shutting down uh, the Keystone pipeline? I think it was a big thing, not just Keystone. Keystone's the least of it. That was something he should have never done. I just had everybody, we were drill, you know the expression, drill we must. And we were getting great energy. We, were, we had that more oil and gas. He well, put regulations on, on uh, oil and on the other happened, fossil fuels. Yeah, Bill, once that happened, when energy, look, when they were going to the pump and seeing $5,
It was $187 a gallon, and now it's going to be over $5. Some places, it's already over $5. That goes throughout the whole economy. I think energy was a big factor, a very big factor, and I kept it lower. We were making money like hand over fist with energy, bigger than Russia, bigger than Saudi Arabia, energy independent. We were number one in the world. Once that stopped, and now we're going back and we're negotiating with OPEC, it's now $80 a barrel. Right. When I was there, and this is less than a year ago, it was $40 a barrel. It's it was crazy. less than that. It's crazy. Okay. That was a big so, factor. So the southern border has collapsed, all right? You had the remain in Mexico policy. Uh, the Mexican government had their army on the border, right. preventing all of the migrants from massing and coming over. That army's gone now. They're because gone. Because of the way I dealt with Mexico, they gave us 28,000 soldiers free, no charge. Right. And they patrolled the border for us, and they did a great okay. job. So you got Afghanistan a catastrophe. You got high inflation. You got a collapsed border. Biden doing it on purpose? You would almost say, when you look at the border or when you look at the pullout of Afghanistan, you would almost say nobody can be that stupid. Nobody can be doing this thinking it's good. Nobody could pull out the soldiers in Afghanistan before they pull out the American citizens or before they pull out their $85 billion worth of equipment. I said, he must be doing it on purpose. They must hate the country. They must you hate really our country. you think that he's subverting his own country? I don't know what's going on. Look, look, Bill, you could ask a five-year-old child, and I actually did it. A young man was there. We talked about it with a group of people. I said, so what would you do? I'd keep the army there. I would keep the military there. <laughs> Look, when you see something like Afghanistan, the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened, in my opinion, to our country, I think it's number one. And I think the border is, I don't think anything's close, but I think the border is, it's a catastrophe. is very embarrassing for right. us. It's, it's a, a catastrophe. catastrophe. And but, it's, but, but it's killing our country. He's either doing it on purpose or there's somebody telling him to do it, all right? People in his ear and these decisions the president is making are hurting a country. It's either or. No, or they're incompetent. But incompetent. Look, one. he's surrounded by you, just as you were. You know the game. You're in the Oval Office. You got experts all over the place. Are they all that? It stupid? could be that way. Look, look. It could be a number of things. It could be they hate the country. Now, I don't happen to believe that. Okay, I, they can't. I mean, they just can't. But how do you make decisions like the border? We have coming into our country. They're emptying out their prisons in many other countries. You know, I used to talk about the three plus Mexico. Now I'm hearing it's 47 different countries. They're coming from the Middle East. Haiti. How can they're coming in from Haiti? Do you think hundreds of thousands from Haiti? Do you think President Obama has President Biden's ear? Do you think President Obama is involved at all in this? I think he's probably involved. But actually, I, I heard a statement which I respected. President Obama said, it's not sustainable to do what we're doing with the open that's border. That's what he said. He made that statement a few days ago. And I said, that's nice that he did that, that he said that. It's obvious that it's true. But this group is far left of Obama. Or, again, it's incompetent. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. When you look at what's going on in Texas and Arizona, when you look at tens of thousands of people pouring into our country. And then they say you have to wear a mask, you have to get vaccinated, you have to do all these different things. 
And yet these people are flowing in by the hundreds of thousands a week. Yeah, with no regulation at yeah. all. If you were president, would you say to federal employees, particularly in education and the military, you have to get vaxxed? Okay. Would you have so, that man? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say to anybody you have to, but I would sell it. Look, I'm very proud of what we did with the vaccines. It was supposed to take five years and they said it wasn't going to work. I did three vaccines in less than nine months and they do work. They work really well. I would convince people, take it. I don't want to push it. Look, it's killing our country right now because so many people are being laid off. They can't get workers. That's a big factor, by the way, in why the ships are docked out there. We can't get sure. anything into the country. It's because so you, you have, wouldn't mandate you have, federal well, you have massive numbers of great employees, great people, great employees leaving their jobs because of the whole vaccine. Would you have thing. them tested? They have to get Sure, they can be tested. tested. They can be tested. But here's the thing. When I was president, there was no talk about mandates or anything. Everybody wanted the vaccine. Now a lot of people don't want it. Anti-vaxxers. Well, they maybe don't trust Biden. Something's maybe, but going it's your on. vaccine, it's, and you've told oh, them to is, get vaxxed. It is, and, and I have said it. And so does the Pope. You and the Pope got, yeah, both said yeah. get vaxxed. Okay, I have said it. Other people have said it. But remember this. When they call a pause to Johnson & Johnson, that was a huge story. People said, would you say it? I said, wait a minute. They just caused a pause over six people, I guess most of whom were okay in the end. They paused this. This was a huge headline. They don't know about Johnson & Johnson. They just know the yeah, vaccine got pushed. Psychology they have done was. so many things. But I just want to be clear. You would not mandate federal employees have to get vaccinated. No, but I would. I think I'd get most people to take All it. Right, I think dissuade them. You wouldn't I think it. that they would trust me. Okay. They're not trusting this administration. Did China weaponize COVID and then it escaped from Wuhan lab? I, I think what happened is China looked, and I was the first one, one of the early ones to say it came from Wuhan that came right. from the lab. Chinese virus. And everyone went crazy. You know, I never forget, I said that. I didn't think it was such a big statement. People went crazy, the left. They went totally crazy when I said it. Uh, so the big question is, did China do this on purpose or not? I think probably they didn't, okay? They did not. I think they did not do it on purpose. Uh, it certainly fit their agenda pretty well in many ways because it knocked us out, it knocked out the world, and it knocked them also, however. But they were able to control it. One of the worst things that happened is they kept it in Wuhan and the rest of the world, but it didn't go to the rest of China for the most part. Yeah, they, it didn't they, go to the... But you could fly. So they put a wall, so to speak. But I you don't think they weaponized COVID? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't All right. think so. Why didn't I you fire certainly Fauci? hope not. Why didn't you fire Fauci? Everybody hates Fauci. Well, it didn't matter because I did pretty much the opposite of what he would suggest. <laughs> but you still had him. No, he's been there a long time. I actually got along with him very well. Call me Tony. He goes, call me Tony, sir. Uh, <laughs> call me Tony. He was a much better promoter than he was a doctor. But you didn't fire him. No, I didn't fire him. He, he said, uh, let, let them come in from China months after I closed it. I Don't said, no, I'm not should, In hindsight, that. you should have sacked him. Come on. He had, he had much less influence in my administration. Optics. Well, look, I mean, what, Tony, what more, wait, more. wait one second. Tony Fauci said, masks are no good. Don't wear masks. I, I now he's we a, all know that. Now he's but a radical masker. Why didn't you fire him? Uh, why? And he's been there a long time. Why didn't you fire General Milley? Come on, Milley. So, Milley was a different guy when I was there. Different guy. He played uh, to whoever was sitting in the Oval Office. So he's a phony. Well, I, I, he made some statements that were really dumb. For instance, on the military, when I said, we're moving out of Afghanistan, we'll take our time. 
I dealt with Abdul. Abdul was not going to do anything to us, the head of the Taliban. And I was very rough with Abdul, but you know what? It was fine. We had a good understanding, and we got along just fine. But Millie said when I said, all equipment out, all people out, all Americans out, and other people, but I said, I want every nut, every bolt. I want the tents, the, the, I want everything. And Millie want... said, fine. No, Millie said, sir, it's cheaper to leave it there than it is to take it. I believe that's why they left it, because- well, Why didn't you fire him when he said it? No, I just thought he was very stupid, okay? Well, why did you keep him there? Uh, it's a long story, but I will tell you, you know, they've been there a long time, and I'm not looking to do terrible things to people, but he said a lot of stupid things. Man. All right. A lot now, of stupid final things. question. You know the Zuckerberg story unfolding? I'm hearing it's a big story, okay. and I think it's illegal what he did. Well, this is the real rigged election. This is the real steal. Well, it's part of it, but it's big No, part but of it. this is it. Yeah. If you see where the $400 million that he donated yeah. to the left-wing nonprofits, if you see where that money is, because we've been investigating, it's in all the places that there was suspect. So it wasn't voter machine fraud or dead people. It uh, was- By the way, it, it was everything. It was all right, including- but this that. was the big one. You realize, because you were president of the United States, it is against the law to electioneer at a polling place. Yeah. You can't, that's a crime, okay. all right? But not if you have mail-in ballots. You can go to somebody's living room and fill it out for them. Yeah. That's what happened. Okay, that's, one, that's part of what happened. Let me tell you, what he did, in my opinion, was illegal. This is Zuckerberg. Yeah, it was illegal with the drop boxes or the lock boxes or maybe the unlock boxes. It was electioneering. Did you ever see the percentage of vote that Biden got in those boxes when they came in? And sometimes those 90%. boxes- 90%. Sometimes 97%. Yeah, because he was, they were targeting it. Correct. And, and there are those that say it was totally illegal. But it, he's going to get away with it. But now we know what happened. Poor Rudy Giuliani. Well, you don't know if he's going to get away with it, okay? Not under the Biden Justice Department. But it Department. would seem that they don't do anything to anybody but Republicans. Doesn't it seem that way, right? Well, Wisconsin's not going to do anything because Evers vetoed it already, and Biden and Merrick Garland are not going to do anything. You know Wisconsin that. is looking very, very strongly at it right now. Their Senate, which really controls that, Evers more so than Evers. Let's see what happens. All right. But with Wisconsin, they found tremendous fraud. But when you look at those boxes and when you look at what Facebook and others did, it's a disgrace. Now, we covered an, enorm an enormous amount of ground, thanks to me, because I am focused, all right? But I just want to get this. You're thinking about changing your style if you get back into the presidential sweepstakes. You're not going to be as harsh because you have a record to run on. Is that what I've heard? I will do whatever it takes to make America great again. That's all I'm going to so do. If you, if it whatever has... it takes. If I have to be harsh, I'll be harsh. If I have to... Let me tell you, I was harsh with NATO. Got $430 billion from NATO. They were ripping us off. That's not off. what I'm talking about. You I know what harsh. I'm talking about. I know exactly. But I'll do whatever it takes to make America great again. Our country is in trouble. Our country- Big time. Has never been in a position like it is right now. We're not respected by anybody. I will do what it takes. And it will be all about America first. Whatever I have to do. Now, we have sold more than 30,000 tickets Good. for the Trump O'Reilly history tour. Good. I always put your name first, Mr. You better, President. you better. Okay, okay. <laughs> more than 30,000. We still have about 15,000 left.
All right? I think based on this interview that anybody would want to see oh, Trump O'Reilly on the stage. Do you concur? I think so. I think it's going to be very successful. Already is successful. Look, with virtually no advertising, in fact, until a couple of weeks ago, no advertising. Right. You sold 60% uh, of the seats, as I understand it. You're doing, it's because we're of doing you. four locations. It's not me. It's you. Well, it's a combination. Look, it's right. a combination. We have nice ties, both of us. We've always had a great thing, not necessarily friendly, but we've always had some great little debates going over the years. And like today? We always had a lot of fun. But I think we're going to have fun. We're going to learn together. We're going to have a great audience. And it really is selling amazingly well. You know, considering we spent no money on promotion. That's right. No, no marketing. Or anything. Right. And we have big arenas, and they're almost sold out. They're getting close to being sold right. out. So congratulations. Thank you, Mr. President, for Thank putting you. up with me. I think that was one of the best interviews you've done. I see you on cable TV. Nothing comes close to this. You know it. You know it. You do a good job, Bill. I've always said it. Thank you. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, so uh, let me know what you think. Bill at BillOReilly.com and name in town if you wish to apply. Put it up there. This is where we're going to be, and I hope you guys um, check us out. So there's still some nice seats available. Uh, FLA Live Arena and Sunrise. That's Lauderdale, December 11th, December 12th. Amway in Orlando. Big show there. And then the 18th in the Toyota Center in Houston. And the following day, Sunday, the 19th, Dallas American Airlines Center, and uh, we would love to see you there. All right, so that, well, I thought that was interesting, we'll see. So remember Andrew McCabe, the second in command at the FBI under, uh, what's his name, Jeez. Comey? All right, so he got fired, and uh, because the uh, Inspector General of the Justice Department, Michael Horowitz, said he lied and uh, he leaked stuff and he did all kinds of bad things, so he got fired. And he sued. McCabe sued the Justice Department. And so the Justice Department caved, 
under President Biden and Merrick Garland. And they're giving uh, McCabe $200,000 in payments for his pension and installing the impension forever. And they're paying his legal fees of a half million dollars. It's just staggering how corrupt that is. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, so final thought of the day, we would like to applaud 93-year-old Norm Fulner, who is 90, I just said he's 93, um, being redundant. Now, he, Norm, has donated to independencefund.org for years. He has done so much for that worthy organization. So I figured, you know, a World War II vet, to give him a shout out here. Um, we love our vets. And a guy like Norm is so generous that you should know about him. Independencefund.org, of course, helps the severely wounded American veterans. Okay, so yesterday, in the final thought, I talked about managing risk. And a lot of Americans don't even concentrate on that. They kind of blithely go through life thinking nothing bad is going to happen. So there's a risk in everything we do. Sometimes the risk is high. Sometimes it's low. But whatever it is, you need to assess, I'm doing this, and here's the risk level. Okay? And then you have to figure out a strategy to deal with that risk. So when I'm driving on the Long Island Expressway, I know that there are going to be loons weaving in and out, driving dangerously. So I am anticipating that. I'm holding back. I don't tailgate. And I'm watching. Okay, I'm watching the whole thing because they're coming. I know they're coming. And if you're not prepared for them, You can get hurt big. So this is called anticipation. And I think it's one of the most important things for a successful life. If you want to mm, be successful in business or personal stuff or whatever it may be, you have to anticipate what might happen. So if you do A, B might happen. And worst case scenario, you got to throw in there. All right, this is a little pinheady, I understand, but most people don't do it. So I hope you do. Christmas is coming. Our Christmas store is open. No supply chain problems for us. We have great gifts. We have the Christmas ornaments. 
God bless America on your tree. Who doesn't want those? We have the stand up for your country stuff, which is excellent. Love the mugs. And these are easy. So you call in, uh, you go to our store and you order them and we'll have them there two or three days. You wrap them up and you get them out. That helps us so we can help you. And then we have uh, the bundle. So we're trying to get more premium and concierge members because that's the backbone of our program here. And there's some resistance. And I'll, I'll tell you tomorrow what the resistance is. It has to do with alcohol, if you can believe it. Um, but we are trying to recruit. So if you give a gift certificate, concierge or premium, you get a bundle of free stuff. A bundle. All kinds of good stuff arrives at your house. And I'm saying to myself, I can't do any more than this. So I hope you guys will check it out. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when I left Fox News, I thought that our marketing arm would decline. We're doing better today than when I was there five years ago. It's incredible because the people, it's almost like the Trump supporters, the people that watch the No Spin News and listen on WABC, the people who do that are loyal. I mean, they, they know what we're doing here. This isn't a casual thing. And so they help us. And that's what we're doing here with the BillOReilly.com premium store. Word of the day, feckless. Do not be feckless. So I've been doing a lot of press for the Trump O'Reilly history tour. It's fun to do it. I was on Mark Levin, Hannity Today, um, all of the pro-Trump shows, local news, KLIF in Dallas. They had a good interview today with them. And my basic pitch here is that if you go to this show, there's four of them, and put up the uh, slide there, on December 11th at Sunrise, Fort Lauderdale, 12th Amway Center, Orlando, 18th Toyota Center, Houston, 19th Dallas American Airlines Center. So if you go, if you take the time, it's the best Christmas gift ever, by the way, you are going to learn so much and have such a good time. I'll be heavy duty. It's going to be a lot of information. You know me with Trump. We have a pretty good rapport. I understand Glenn Beck is going to introduce us in Fort Lauderdale and Sean Hannity in Orlando. So that'll be something, you know, they're going to make fun of me and that's fine. But it's really it's not a heavy duty presentation. We're not trying to get into that. What we are trying to do is write the record, which needs to be righted. And to tell you, A, what President Trump actually did in his policies and B, why this country is falling apart. Now, that'll get a little contentious with Mr. Trump. I mean, he'll take cheap shots at Joe Biden, but to be expected. Um, but there's going to be more of your record, Mr. President. That's where I'm going with this. And um, sold almost 30,000 tickets so far. That's a, a colossus. But there are some nice seats still available. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll link you right over to the box offices. And again, great Christmas and Hanukkah gift. Thank you for watching us tonight. We will be back tomorrow. See you then.